Canvas Continued on the Not the Artist podcast from Grant Memorial Church. Hi friends, welcome to the March episode of Canvas Continued. In this show, we are continuing the conversation from our Canvas events. Each month at our Canvas worship services, we are focusing on a different theme, and this podcast will be part of that focus. Each month, depending on the theme, we will be releasing teaching and interviews on this show. The goal of this podcast is that each of us would engage with different topics that we face in our everyday lives and that as a result, we would each grow to become more like Christ. In the month of March, our Canvas theme is Pursuing Justice. In this episode, we are focusing on the work that we are called to do in loving and serving our neighbors as ourselves through pursuing justice, both locally and globally. In Scripture, we are commanded in many places to seek justice for others, and we will be discussing what this means for our everyday lives. In our episode today, we discuss the important question, what is biblical justice? And of course, what does it mean for us to be faithful in pursuing justice in our own lives? In today's episode, I'll be sitting down with Steve Bach, who is the Director of World Mission and Outreach at our church. In our conversation, we discuss the general theme of biblical justice, uh, different causes that Steve is passionate about, as well as how young adults in our church can become directly involved in our church's outreach. Our hope and prayer is that this episode helps you to reflect on how you can continue to do what Micah 6.8 commands us, to seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Friends, We live in a world that has gone wrong because of sin. And though we look forward to a day when God will make all things right again, today we are called to work on behalf of the oppressed and marginalized in our world, to pursue justice in love for our neighbors. Our hope is that this conversation helps to encourage you towards what this will mean for your everyday life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's interview on the Canvas Continued podcast. Uh, Today, I am sitting down with Steve Bach. Steve, welcome here to the Canvas Continued podcast. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, how you came to Grant, uh, what your role is here, how you're involved in our church's community. Yeah, for sure. I've been uh, part of the church community uh, for the past year and a half when I came on staff to uh, fill the role of uh, Director of Outreach and World Mission. And uh, it feels like I'm just trying my best to, to fill that role in, in my, my flawed way that I do that. And uh, But it's an honor to be uh, just serving this community in that way, but also being part of this church family. And I think that's a significant part for me as well. I do have a long history here at Grant mm-hmm. in that uh, kind of born and raised within this church community when I was 18, uh, moved out of Winnipeg and started serving in some different ministries in different areas. And uh, and so wasn't able to really connect back with Grant in a significant way until now. So what an honor to be here and uh, to be serving this amazing church family. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, Steve, I actually have a quick question for you about your role. Um, I'm curious, in the last year, what are a couple ways that your role has changed uh, due to COVID-19? Uh, we try not to talk about COVID too much on this podcast. We try to keep it evergreen, but it's a obviously significant part of our lives. And a lot of our church's involvement uh, with uh outreach and missions is overseas. And I know a lot of that has been changed because of COVID. Could you speak a little bit to that? A couple ways that maybe our, our, your role has changed during the season. Yeah, for sure. I think like, like every church worker needs to understand that we need to be ready to pivot at any moment, mm. whether that's COVID or not, mm-hmm. uh, ready to respond to the needs that God is inviting us into. And so uh, COVID has just accelerated that pivot. Right. Um, yeah. and, and so w- w- what we see locally is there's just a lot of opportunities to to connect with uh, our community, our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I think COVID has, is a little bit like a gift, actually, in, in that it exposes our weakness hmm. in, a, in a way that maybe yeah. we hadn't had before. And so while that happens, we, we say as a, as a church community, let's just lean in and serve people and and essentially rep- represent Jesus in really tangible ways locally. Now, internationally, for sure, it's had significant impact. Uh, we haven't been able to run any shorter mission trips. So we've had uh, missionaries uh, stuck in different parts of the world, not that's able right. to come home yep. or come back to uh, North America. Um, and, and so that's been significant to find ways to partner and encourage to support them as they're serving in that way. Um, yeah, and, and so in all of it, we just keep saying, Lord, like, what does faithfulness look like within this season? And uh, and how can we continue to partner with what you are already doing locally and internationally as a church body? So it, yeah. it, it like, I don't want to downplay the, the pain and the significant uh, upheaval that COVID has caused to our, our nation, our culture, our world. Yeah. But wow, what an opportunity as a church body to be positioned here for such a time as this, just to serve faithfully. I think, Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm excited. Uh, In a moment, we'll talk a little bit more about that, ways that our church is um, reaching out, pursuing justice, uh, serving our neighbors locally, uh, as well as uh, globally. But for now, uh, let's back up for a sec. Um, So as you know, Steve, this conversation, the topic for this month is pursuing justice. So when you hear that phrase, when, when you hear pursue justice, I'm curious, what does that mean to you, especially as a Christ follower? That's a super question, Dom. Thanks for asking it. I, I just can't get past the person of Jesus. And and, and just through the, that lens, um, viewing the concept of justice. And, and it, justice is such uh, so close to the heart of God that it, in, um, it, in order to express justice, we need to first love God. And so when I, when I think about what justice means, it means love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. And make sure it doesn't just stay internal. Mm-hmm. It has to turn external as well. So love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure many of our listeners will recognize those words. This is essentially what I think uh, I've come to understand justice being love God with all your heart and get out there and love your neighbor. Mm. And I think something that's that's encouraged me in that is um, a passage from Micah 6. And it just essentially it says like so often religious people have all this these actions that they do that they think makes them... Um, kind of appease God. Mm. And Micah 6 just like tears it all away and is like, like, don't even trust that. God has shown you what he expects. And it's to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. And so when when we when we connect close to God, then we will 
uh, walk in justice, mm-hmm. and and our our actions will be ones filled with justice. Mm-hmm. Now. Boy, I could talk a long time about this. I don't want to <laughs> monopolize on it, but like, oh no, every everyone who's listening wants to hear your thoughts. That's like, why they're here. Okay, so so, go for so it. often, um, we turn justice into purely. I'll admit, like this is this is a weakness of mine. Like when when I think of justice or social justice or that type of idea, it, it says, "Okay, I'm going to stand in solidarity with the oppressed, sure, and bring equality." And, yeah. And those are good things. Like I'm yeah. not, I'm not knocking that in the least. <laughs> of course, yeah. But it's about like what what is the motivation and what is the end goal? Mm. You know that type of idea. And and I think as humans, we're all pretty broken. And so, uh, um, I'm, maybe I'm the only one. But like, like, <laughs> well, me too. So at least the two of us are. <laughs> <laughs> we're all kind of messed up in our own ways, right? Yeah. So, um, w- when we stand in solidarity with the oppressed it can often be a smokescreen to actually just flipping the script and, and allowing uh, different um, power structures to come into play uh, because we're selfish beings. And so in our attempt to, to shift a pendulum over to one side, it actually can, we can shift that pendulum too far and just actually institute new ways of thinking that, that oppress different groups of people. Interesting, yeah. And, and so I think we need to be rooted in, in the one who created the concept of justice, yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and when we are rooted firmly in his character, um, then we can walk um, in, in solidarity with the oppressed by bringing equality through the lens of Jesus. And that's, I think that's where justice comes into play. I'm hearing kind of two two core ideas here. The first is that justice is rooted in the one who created justice, the one who created right and wrong. Of course, we're referring to God there. But for us, the calling comes from the second of Jesus' great commandments, which is to love and serve our neighbor as ourselves. Um, Would you consider then any act of serving our neighbors an act of justice? Because I'm still wrestling with that, like the idea. So if I'm kind to somebody, if I reach out to somebody in my everyday life, is that different than pursuing justice on, say, a, a group or organizational level? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I would say yes to a certain extent. Here's why. In Genesis 1 uh, is a fundamental concept of us becoming image bearers of God. Like that's right from the very get-go. And injustices is, is rooted in, the, in minimizing the other. And what that is, is, is you're robbing them of their identity as image bearers of God. And so when we, when we come back to Genesis 1 and we say every human is an actual image bearer of God, mm-hmm. and for that reason, we can stand up for equality mm-hmm. and, and advocate on behalf of the oppressed. Mm-hmm. And that w- will expose itself in a whole variety of ways, even to the point of me connecting with my neighbor, right. shoveling his driveway because he is an image bearer of God, huh. just like I am. Yeah. And so there is an act of justice that happens. Now, at the same time, I don't want to minimize the the profound need for organizations to advocate on yeah. you know on movements and that type of thing around the world yeah. and those who are in slavery and all of that. But but I think there's a responsibility for us every day to live as people who are uh, connected to God's heart of of equality with with other humans because of our um, nature of being image bearers. And I think what I hear you saying is the heart is always the same, right? Whether we're traveling overseas um, to pursue development work in a, in a foreign country, whether we are, are shoveling our neighbor's driveway. Now, 
they both are responding to different needs and and probably different levels and degree of needs, but the heart is always the same. The heart is always seeing, as you said, the image of God in each person, whether it's the person living next to us or the person around the world um, who is struggling, who is oppressed, who is suffering in some way. Um, I, I remember when I, I was in my second year of university and I took a class on human rights at the U of W, and it was really interesting because we went through all the different... Um, uh, I guess, theories on where human rights come from. So there's a legal theory that it, human rights exist because we say they should exist as a society, right? We enshrine them in the in the Magna Carta, in the Declaration for Human Rights, and that's why human rights exist. Some say it's a socially generated. But I remember thinking to myself, Christians have, in my opinion, the strongest foundation for social justice, for pursuing justice. Um, because as you said right there in the very beginning of Scripture— we learn that every human being, regardless of their race, regardless of their gender, regardless of any other social identifier, are made in the image of God. They bear the image of God. And so um, I think it's a, a very natural connection for us to understand that for Christ followers, uh, believing in and fighting for equality and dignity and freedom for all people is very natural uh, and just flows naturally out of that that place out of that understanding. Yeah. Now let me add one more piece into this because so often we, we land on the idea of image bearers and, and we're like, okay, great. We, we give an intellectual nod to this concept, right. but scripture doesn't allow us to stay there. Hmm. there. There's two other actions that are connected to our identity mm-hmm. right from the very beginning. So even before the fall happened, God said, it's not good for humans to be alone. Right. And so this idea of being in community, relational connection is another really important thing. And so often um, justice is about, or injustices is about writing um, uh, communal brokenness. It, it's like the, 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 the relationship has broken down and now we're in this business of repairing or reconciling groups back together, that yeah. relational piece. But thirdly, so it's identity, it's about relationship, and thirdly, there's a role for us. And that I, I would see that from uh, from First Peter, where it talks about that that God has has called us out of darkness into light, and He has chosen us as royal priests. We have an actual role as followers of Jesus to be priests, to pointing everything back towards God. Mm-hmm. Now, it's important to realize. That I think I'm convinced that every human has been given this opportunity to be a priest. Hmm. And part of justice is understanding the, the, that we are image bearers, that we are built for community, but that there's a role for us to play. Mm. And it's about bringing people um, and repairing that relationship so that they could actually fill the role that they were designed. Right. Yeah. That reminds me a lot of a quote from um, that I saw earlier today on World Vision's website. They had an article talking about justice, biblical justice, and they said this, uh, pursuing justice is about creating kingdom space in the here and now, giving witness to the ultimate just society yet to come. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's essentially like we're in this process of coming back to the Garden of Eden, right? Like that's that's the story of God is like from, from Garden of Eden and everything got broken and now we're kind of coming back towards that and and, the, and and we'll see that come someday, right? As as God comes with it, what someone yeah. will call a new Jerusalem or whatever you want to call it. Like sure. it, it just, it's, it's coming back into relationship with God. And I think that's so important for us to remember because sometimes, I know in my own life, sometimes I get so frustrated and feel so despondent sometimes about the state of the world, right? Every time one social issue comes to light and some work is done 
towards pursuing justice in that area, we find something else, right? Our, our world is broken. We don't need the news to remind us of that, but the news often does remind us of that. And so sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, why even bother to make things right again? Why even bother to work towards that um, when everything just goes wrong again? But But I love that because it's a good reminder that, well, we do it, first of all, because we're called to do it. It's a commandment. So it's not as if we can do it even if it's, or we cannot do it even when it's frustrating. But also, I love the idea that it's working towards something, right? Even when things get broken again, we try gluing the the pottery back together and it cracks again. That's going to happen. But we know there's a day coming where true justice will happen, true uh, freedom, true peace will flourish. Uh, and for me, that's really encouraging and actually drives me towards pursuing justice and supporting local and even global organizations that do that. Yeah. It, you know, God in his goodness has blessed us with little glimpses of heaven. Hmm. And, and I'm just so encouraged by that. When, when, when we see someone uh, broken out of slavery, you know, it's like that freedom. It's like, wow, that's a really tangible thing. But I'm also convinced that that God gives us little glimpses of heaven within church communities. Mm-hmm. Now, we're imperfect people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is not heaven on earth yet. No, not yet. And so, like, there's no expectation that a church community would mimic heaven at every moment. But still, within a church community, it's unbelievable the way in which God can move and draw people towards himself in the context of this community. And, and I think it, it connects to John 10, where it, like... Well, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to bring life and life abundantly. Mm. And that's not just saying like, someday when you get to heaven, you'll experience this. It's like, Kate, no, it's here and now. There's going to be glimpses of this life now Mm -hmm. here. Mm. So, oh man, so good. (laughs) For sure, yeah. Um, you've already mentioned a couple passages of scripture. You mentioned Micah 6. You mentioned a passage from 1 Peter. Um, I'm curious, when it comes to scripture passages that relate to serving and pursuing justice for our neighbors, uh, do you have any other scripture passages that come to mind that that encourage you uh, in that area of your life? Yeah, I would take the whole Bible. Like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So if you want to know what Steve thinks about justice, just read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I think what sticks out to me, um, 2 Corinthians uh, talks about being agents of reconciliation. Mm. And and it, it's it's a role of partnering with what God is already doing, and I think so much of justice is that it's it's finding where is God at work? How do I partner with Him to reconcile people back to Himself? And sometimes that'll that'll show that that'll be um, yeah revealed in in reconciling groups of people back together. Mm-hmm. And as a church community, that's what we're invited in is, is taking a whole group of people with conflicting perspectives on so much and unifying around a common mm-hmm. goal, which mm-hmm. is Jesus. And mm-hmm. how do we do that in some of the most broken areas of our world, whether that's um, in, in an area where there's people who are trapped in bonded labor mm-hmm. or or in sex trafficking or uh, or experiencing uh, significant vulnerabilities by living you know downtown in a bus shelter? What, what, does it, what does it look like to be an agent of reconciliation in that mm-hmm. place? And that is an act of justice mm-hmm. in, in drawing those people together um, so that they can embrace the fact that they're an image bearer mm-hmm. in the context of the community you know, and fulfilling the role that God has played, uh, mm. created them to, to fill. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the idea that you mentioned of partnership. I think that's really important for us to remember, because if we are trying to do this um, on our own strength, it's it's not going to go very far. We're And, and we're going to make mistakes no matter what. But I love the idea of partnering with God and allowing him to work through us. Um, I think that, yeah, that there's a lot of freedom in that when I think about that idea, as opposed to just me 
trying my best on my own strength to grit my teeth and clench my fists and try to help as many people as I can. Um, obviously helping others is a good thing, but I think it flowing out of that personal relationship that we're called to have with God, uh, as you said, loving him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. I think that is where we see true justice happening through us, not necessarily because of us, because it's him working. Hmm. Yeah. So good. Uh, Steve, for you personally, I'm curious to hear what are a few causes that you are passionate about? And here's what I mean by that. I think that um, while we recognize there are a lot of causes, a lot of justice causes in our world today that are important, that are worth discussing, that are worth, and we're so glad there are organizations working on those things. I think that each of us often has maybe one or two different causes that really speak to us, causes that that light a fire under us. Um, for me, one example is, is sex trafficking. I, I remember um, when I was in university, one of the Christian student groups was having, um, they hosted a, a documentary viewing, and I can't remember the name of the documentary now, but it was about the realities of, of sex trafficking around the world. And I remember it it changed me. It rattled me. Um, now, obviously, anybody would see that and go, that's wrong, that's unjust, that's violent, that's evil. But I just remember that kind of changed the course of my life. I, I ended up researching a lot about an organization called IJM, which we're going to talk about later, read a ton of books by the founder, Gary Haugen, and it's pointed my life in different directions because of that experience. So I'm curious for you, um, what are a few causes that you are personally passionate about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good question. And the reason I pause is, is because this is a question that makes me feel, you know, and, and I can get so excited about, you know, the theological side of this, but let's just drop from the head to the heart, say, what is it that God has put, what passion has he put in my heart mm -hmm. for advocating for vulnerable people around the world? Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think it was in December of this past year, you know, everything is just you know, going well, we're gearing up for Christmas Eve and mm -hmm. I'm sitting in my office just crying, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and it's because I received an email and, uh, and the email, uh, was from IGM who we'll talk about in a minute here, mm -hmm. but, um, and just sharing that recently they had just rescued a 15 year old boy who had been in bonded labor. So mm -hmm. he'd been forced to, to work as a shepherd. I think mm -hmm. he was looking after goats and, uh, and the, he was trapped because he was paying off the debt uh, for his parents. Mm -hmm. So at some point, uh, maybe parents had a medical issue or whatever. They they borrowed some money from a, from a sketchy dude, mm -hmm. uh, um, and uh, and then the guy came collecting and said, "Well, I'll take your kid, and he'll be my shepherd." Here's the deal, though. Um, th this kid had been at the goat farm for ten years. Mm -hmm. 10 years. He had not seen his family in 10 years. He was, he was after, he was 15 after 10 years. So this began when he was five. When he was five. Wow. And so I was picturing my son, Ethan, who was about to turn five. Right. And this idea of, you know, walking him, whatever, a few miles down the road or whatever, maybe it's across the country, you know, dropping him off and driving away because I feel so trapped. There's nothing else I can do wow. in order to um, pay this $2,000 debt, hmm. two grand. He worked for 10 years and he still had not worked off the 10, the two grand because the reality is he would never work off the no, two grand. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a fact of, of hours and how much pay and that type of thing. It's the fact of 
they lord this over you mm -hmm. and they don't pay you anything and you're completely trapped. And so IGM was able to help rescue this mm. 14 year old boy. Wow. And as he was rescued, he said he could hardly remember who his family even was because oh, his last memory was when he was five. That rips me. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. everything's great going around. The buzz of Christmas Eve is going on. I'm just like sitting on my computer, just like tears streaming on my face, just like, oh, oh, our world is so broken, you know, so broken. And I, I think like these stories, like just I, I when, when you ask about like what cause really grips me would, would be when I see minors being harmed around the world, whether mm -hmm. it's sex trafficking, bonded labor, or just people of power, um, you know, manipulating and, and harming kids mm. um, just deeply, deeply affects me. Um, and, and so, like, I, I do a lot of soul searching in these moments, Dom. And and I think, you know, when I read a story like this, I'm like, okay, I'm on the next flight to India, and I'm going to go and right. do yeah. something yeah. about this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want to fix it because I'm a fixer. Of course, you know. Yeah. And and I've had to soul search through this, so I've come up with kind of my personal response to brokenness. Every time you turn on the TV or like you're scrolling Instagram or whatever, you often will come across stories of brokenness. And it's just like, and sometimes I'm so tired. I just like, I just can't listen to the news again because there's just so yeah. many things. Well, actually, you and I, Steve, were talking about that last week. Um, and I admitted to you that I can't, right now at this point in my life, I really can't watch any serious TV shows or yeah. movies. One's about you know, crime shows and, and things like that, because I've just like, there's, there's so much going on, whether it's COVID or, or other things that I'm like, I can't, I don't need, I can't hear more of this right now. It sometimes feels very overwhelming. So I would love to hear your response to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe after we'll, we'll share which TV shows we get to watch that bring life in that and, are, and make yeah, us laugh. That, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I kind of got like there, there's kind of three aspects, and I'm not saying this is for everyone; it's just just for me. I, I ask the question: What am I doing right now in the moment? What are my responsibilities, and how do I pursue these things with excellence? Excellence with integrity. So it's like, what responsibilities do I have? How can I excel with excellence? I'm not saying excellence. I'm not saying perfection. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, how do I live with integrity? Um, so that I can serve the people I serve with excellence, that I can love the people I love with excellence, so I can pursue Jesus with excellence. It's just saying like, I feel like if I would just jump on a plane and, and fly somewhere and my life is a mess, it, it doesn't work. It, right. it's, it's not, so, so I need to, in, in honor of those who are experiencing significant levels of pain around the world, I will serve my heart out for the people that God has given me to serve mm. right here. Wow, cool. And so yeah. I think we have to stop and say, I, I want to advocate and celebrate those who are hurting by serving those here as well as I can, but he can't stop there. Because mm -hmm. often we can just use it as justification, like, oh, justification for inaction, you know? Like, and so I, I feel like the second thing has to be continual education. So excellent mm -hmm. education. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and it's just like intentionally finding ways to continue reading or learning about what's happening around the world. Because mm -hmm. here again, I can read a story about a child being rescued, jump on a plane, get there, like, oh, well, I'm in the wrong country or the wrong area. Like, I have no idea. I have no, don't know the players, not type of idea. So yeah. it's all about... Education, sometimes I'll set up um, email reminders. I know I use email, um, but I'll go to Google News and I'll, I'll create like a, an alert system so that when different news articles for different areas of the world pop up, they'll actually be you know it, emailed right to me so I can specify exactly what I want to learn about. Wh whether it's reading news or whether it's reading books, 
get educated, mm-hmm. find yeah. out what's actually happening. What, what, what are the actual things that are causing um, slavery or, um, or sex trafficking? What are, the, what are the things under the thing that, 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 that causes bondage? And, and learn that, be educated. There's a ton of resources out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, where was I? I was at excellence, education, engagement. It's the third. The three E's. Yeah, look at you that. You are a hey? pastor. Youth pastor. <laughs> yeah, after, yeah. So I, I think that there's, there's got to be, you can't just, so often we use education as a reason for inactivity. That's right. Yeah. And we can't live there. There's mm-hmm. got to be engagement as well. And I, I remember I was in high school, I was part of a prayer prayer group and um, and my high school, we, we, a group of Christians got together and prayed at lunchtime. We thought it'd be great. And, and some of us were like, let's just keep praying. That's our deal. But I was like, we've got to get going doing something. Let's, yeah. let's go and share our faith with people or let's go serve somewhere. And, but we have to pray as well. We can't minimize that. And so in the same way, I encourage people to become engaged. And I think at the end of this conversation, we'll talk more about opportunities for engagement mm-hmm. and a whole yep. bunch of different levels. But those are kind of the three ways that I handle it. When I drive past a tent city, downtown Winnipeg, I think mm-hmm. those three through. through. Um, when I you know read things online that really grip me, I think those things through. Um, yeah, that, that's how I roll. And with that last piece, I think you said it so well. Um, I think it's important to do something. It doesn't have to be everything. It doesn't have to be um, to fix every possible version of the the cause that you're passionate about, but to do something. To to read, start with reading one book about the subject and finding a local organization that that is engaged with that cause and support them. Um, and I think that piece is really important to um, to 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 find the experts and to support what they're doing instead of trying to become the experts ourselves. Because sometimes for us to assume, I know exactly what will fix this problem, I'm just going to go out and do it, uh, that can often cause more harm than, than oh, helping. Um, yeah. But to find organizations, if we're passionate, like you said, about 10 cities, about homeless, the homeless population and housing vulnerable population in our city, um, to find organizations that are engaged directly on the front lines with with that community and to find ways to support, whether it's financial, whether it's with our time, whether it's with supporting them with our social media accounts, there's all sorts of ways, but something is better than nothing and nothing can't be the response. There's uh, there's two relationships, Steve, that our church has with different organizations that I want to talk about because I think that they're ones, they're, it's one local and one global um, relationship that our church has with an organization that I'd love for us to spend a couple minutes on each. And specifically, um, I would love to hear about practical ways that young adults can connect with these organizations, can serve with them, alongside them in a number of different ways. The first is with Care Portal. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Care Portal, uh, what it is, how our church is connected to it, and how young adults can get involved uh, in this this opportunity? Yeah, for sure. Now, I, I realize you said two minutes, so I'll try and keep this to two minutes. <laughs> I'm not timing you. Okay. <laughs> so let me just, in this quick two minutes, let me back up 100 years. Um, <laughs> church communities uh, have a long history of partnering with uh, child-serving agencies through our government. And, uh, and quite frankly, over the past 100 years, we've kind of made a mess of when we connect with government to help care for kids. Um, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with some of the initiatives that have happened over the past 100 years where, where churches have, have taken kids into their care and not handled that appropriately. 
So with that history in mind, Care Portal exists to acknowledge that history, but also understand that there is some shared goals that we have as a faith communities and as government child-serving agencies. And so Care Portal is that intersection of church communities and government coming together. So um, those who are listening may be aware that Manitoba specifically has a child welfare crisis. We have um, about 10,000 kids who are being cared for by the, by the government right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that is very high. Uh, we are in some of the highest levels in Canada. A few years ago, we were not only, we were smashing every other province out, uh, just like, it was bad news. Now we're down to only 10,000, but still, it's significantly bad. Um, and so the government, uh, the child-serving agencies have just the, like, just beautiful social workers and, and supervisors. They're just amazing people as we've, as we've gotten to know them, but they're asking for help. They're saying we need extra support. So they're asking the government for extra supports. Mm -hmm. And they're also asking churches within our city to help as well. And this is significant that they would they would be open to a church coming alongside them. And we realize this is significant. Enter Care Portal. This is um, an initiative that has come up from the States. It's been tried and tested there, and it's worked really well connecting churches and child-serving agencies together. And so an organization called Forever Families has brought it into Winnipeg as kind of the test city in order to, now to then bring it across Canada. And it's, it's rolling across Canada in this past year. And so what essentially what they do is they uh, coordinate churches who are passionate about uh, advocating on behalf of children within our city, and they coordinate the child-serving agencies, mm-hmm. and they help that the, the, what they do is they, they equip with the proper training and facilitate um, good conversations between these two so we have opportunities to serve. So what does that look like practically? Well, mm-hmm. it looks like this. A mom gives birth, who um, a, a teen mom gives birth at St. Boniface Hospital, let's say. The child-serving agency identifies that this is a very, very vulnerable child because the, the teen mom isn't ready to care for it. And they've identified that by saying, listen, this, this teen mom could look after this kid, but doesn't have a crib, doesn't have a car seat, doesn't have anything. And so if we send this child home, with that, with that uh, mother, um, it's gonna, we're going to be back there within days and we're going to have to apprehend the child. So what they do is they, the child survey agency says, listen, we don't have any budget room to purchase a crib or a car seat or, or baby clothes or formula. Let's ask someone else. Mm-hmm. And so they, they ask all the government partners that they have, and if they can't find an option, they bring it to the churches. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, <laughs> when a need like that gets dropped on a group of churches, mm-hmm. it's a race to see which church wants to respond first. That's awesome. And so we have our point people, Jen and Jamie Scott, they are just incredible at jumping on that. And then they give our church community an opportunity. Does anybody have an extra crib? Right. Does anybody have an extra car seat that's not expired? Does anybody have like baby clothes? And it just comes flooding in. And then the social worker connects with Jen and Jamie. They they then go together to drop it off um, with this teen mom. And so Jen and Jamie literally are able to meet this teen mom and say, hey, like we're just from the church up the road. Uh, we're told that you needed some stuff. Here you go. Is there right. anything else we can help with? Right. Yeah. Can we check in in mm-hmm. a week or two and see how you're doing? Mm-hmm. And then relationship is developed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And so now I'd love to hear, for a young adult who hears that and go, wow, I, I would love to be part of that somehow. What does that mean? What would that mean for them? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so there's, there's a few different levels, okay? Um, first step, go to grantmemorial.ca slash care portal. 
and uh, and check out the site and you can see more information there. Um, there's a button that says join our response team. That's the first step. It's kind of like a broad onboarding uh, uh, on-ramp into Care Portal. Mm-hmm. So um, w- what happens when you, when you get into the response team is y- you're signing up for a, an email that'll come out once every month or so. And uh, it'll remind you of, of needs that are being posted on the website um, all the time. Mm-hmm. So you can go to, you know, grandworld.ca slash care portal and check the needs anytime, but we'll email you and let you know when there's some, some good ones up there and that type of idea. And, uh, so first off, we love people to join us in praying. Uh, that's, that's absolutely essential. Secondly, read the needs. Do you, like, do you have some, you know, some extra money to go buy some formula or do you, do you have some, I don't know, some, an extra bed kicking around? You don't know how many times we're looking for beds for, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, family moves and they, they need, a, need a new bed for their kid or that type of idea. Um, yeah. Maybe you want to just sleep on the floor with your mattress and give up your bed frame. We'd take it. Right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. And so that's an opportunity to donate things sure. and that's by yeah. reaching out on the website. There's now another opportunity. And mm-hmm. so uh, if you're signing up for the response team, we will send you a survey. And in that survey, you can let us know if you actually want to be, if you want to help deliver mm-hmm. some of these things. And mm-hmm. so we would love to put together uh, groups of people. We're doing that right now, putting together groups of people who will actually be delivery people. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure that you're you know, screened and trained and ready for all of that. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have an opportunity to actually go and meet that the, the family or the teen mom or whoever you're engaging with, set up the bed. You, you don't really need a lot of, of skills for this. Mm-hmm. If you know how to put together some Ikea furniture, we're looking for people to follow <laughs> those crazy instructions from Ikea because yeah. often we'll get <laughs> Ikea stuff donated. Right. And uh, so opportunity for you to, to plug in on that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, such a practical way for young adults to to be involved. And so the next step, Steve, for as you said, is that, that signing up through the website. And then from there, the conversation can happen about the various ways and levels at which we can be involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that page is the hub for all the carpool activity at Grant. Awesome. Well, we will actually provide a link to that in the, the description for this episode. So people can click there and sign up right away. So I'll actually encourage young adults, if you are listening right now and you feel interested, you're feeling maybe that fire that we talked about earlier, don't let it pass. Click that link right now and sign up. It can look like all sorts of different things, but we would love to know that you're interested and then we can follow up on that conversation. Um, so that's one local way that our church is is serving and pursuing justice in our city. Um, I'd also love, we've referenced them a few times now in our conversation. I'd love to hear a little bit more about our church's relationship with IJM. Uh, and we've said the acronym a few times. I don't think we've expanded it. So for those who don't know, that stands for International Justice Mission. Steve, can you tell us a little bit about IJM, uh, our church's relationship, and then how young adults can connect with this justice-based organization? Yeah, absolutely. So International Justice Mission is a global organization that protects the poor from violence throughout the developing world. So IGM does that by partnering with local authorities. Uh, They rescue uh, victims of violence. They work with the justice system to bring criminals to justice. Um, They also work to restore the survivors. Um, and, And also they strengthen the justice system. So mm-hmm. they have a whole bunch of different aspects that they're engaging yeah. with, but yeah. all of this is rooted in church, in church communities. Yeah. And so the, the opportunity for, um, uh, for us to partner with IGM is profound because they are in places that we could never be, but we can help empower and connect with in relationship 
and actually see the ways in which they are engaging. So for about a decade, we were connected with um, International Justice Mission's work in Bolivia mm -hmm. and saw some significant work happen there. And so just recently, uh, International Justice Mission has transitioned out of that area because it's handed it off to the local authorities and things are going well there. Great. Yeah. And so now we're partnered with two areas in the world. One is Guatemala, and mm -hmm. that's where uh, IGM is advocating on behalf of those who are experiencing domestic violence mm. and working in the justice system, helping restore survivors and that type of thing. Um, also, we're connecting with a country in South Asia where there is significant levels of bonded labor. So this is the, the, um, similar to the story that I shared earlier mm -hmm. about kids who are trapped in labor, uh, uh, families who are working off uh, debts that they'll never repay um, and, and are trapped in those places. And so IGM is partnering in both those places. It's interesting. We sat down to try and figure out which one of those we should uh, partner with, which country. And... Uh, and we kind of came to the conclusion we couldn't decide. Mm -hmm. We asked, can we partner with both? Can right. Grant Memorial express our love and care and commitment to them in two ways? Right. And they said, we're the first church to ever do that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll, we'll let you do that, they said. So we're pumped about that. So what does that look like practically? Well, it looks like we always do things in the context of relationship. And so uh, we, on a regular basis, connect with International Justice Mission. They keep us updated on their work. And I am in personal contact with, uh, with uh, someone from International Justice Mission that keeps us updated on everything that's going on. And so mm -hmm. there's that piece of education that plays into it. Um, uh, on top of that, we've decided to contribute financially as a church to them. Mm -hmm. But here's the piece that I wanted to, to re reveal to your, to your listeners here, mm -hmm. is we have committed that we will take a group of people hmm. from Grant every year to one of these locations. Interesting. And huh. uh, of course we can't do that with COVID and all right. that. Yeah. But as yeah. soon as COVID is done, I want to start planning out an okay. opportunity for us to either visit Guatemala or Southeast Asia. And I would love for more to be more than just me. So would you come with me? is the question. Mm -hmm. Would you come that we could partner with? I'm not saying that we're going to be on the front lines of this, but we'd go and we'd partner with the people who are on the front lines. Yep. We'd hear their stories. We'd, we'd tour through the communities in which they're, they're working, and we'd be able to pray. And that is the most significant thing I think that we could do is to go and pray and encourage them. Hmm. Wow. So that's a great opportunity, I think, for young adults to keep their eyes open for and to even begin praying about now is that type of trip that will happen sometime in the future, hopefully sooner rather than later. Is that something that God is calling me to do? Um, that is a great open-ended invitation, and I can't wait to see where that goes in the future. Yeah. In the meantime, I encourage people to uh, follow International Justice Mission on your, on your socials. Mm -hmm. uh, stay up to date. Check out their website. Yeah, their stories there. Great social media. Yeah. And one other challenge I'd like to, to give, um, pray for them. Mm -hmm. pray, pray intentionally. As you read the stories of rescue, pray for those survivors. Mm -hmm. And what, what I do actually is I, I set an alarm on my phone. And, uh, and I know that at a certain time each day, this alarm, I have it turned on vibrate so it doesn't like <laughs> mess with the meetings I'm right. in. <laughs> but I'll, I'll feel my phone go and I'll look at the clock like, oh yeah. And I'll, I'll say uh, like a, a silent prayer in my mm -hmm. mind uh, for, for the specific cause that I've committed to praying for at that moment. And so I would encourage you, like set, set up a timer on your phone if you care about this and start praying daily. Mm -hmm. for uh, for the work of International Justice Mission. Yeah, and that's a great example of that that number three engagement piece that you were talking about. And, and, and those listening may think, well, that's very simple, like just pray, you know, set a timer for 2 p.m. and pray for five minutes. Yes, start there. That is a great way to be engaged. And, and, and from there, who knows where it'll go? Who knows how God will stir and bring new opportunities into your life? But I think that, again, doing something 
Even something as simple as that is such a powerful way for us to keep this on our minds, on our hearts, and to be um, involved in what God is doing around the world. Cool. Awesome. Any final thoughts you want to share with the young adults, Steve? Oh, man. I'm just, I'm so pumped about the young adults within this church community. Me and, too. Uh, you guys are great. Yeah. <laughs> guys, just, I, I don't know where, where, where you're at or what you're experiencing, but I'm convinced that God is inviting us into the adventure of his kingdom. And so if, if you're if you're dissatisfied with where you're at in life, or you're saying, man, there's got to be something more here, come hang out with me. <laughs> come, come join what God is doing around the world. I'd love to introduce you to, to people who love Jesus all over the world. And, and so I think that's my parting thought, is, is that love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And together we can serve this city and this world as agents of the kingdom. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening to Canvas Continued on the Not The Artist podcast from Grant Memorial Church. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a show and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at at Canvas GM.